And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. So salvation is a relationship with God. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. And and heard a preacher a long time ago. I love how he said it. He said, the greatest thing that can ever happen to you is to get saved. And the second greatest thing that can ever happen to you is to know that you got saved. And so we're, we're going through the book of 1 John on Wednesday nights. 1 John chapter 5, verse number 13 said, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Why, why did God say that? Because he wanted people to know if they had eternal life and that they might believe on the name of the Son of God. And so what are those things that are written? What are the things that are written from 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, through 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. And those things teach us, well, are these things in our life or are they not in our life? If they're not in our life and they're absent, then, they, then the Bible's teaching us that we don't have the salvation that God talks about. Because when a person gets saved, God changes them. Amen? Um, God, the Bible said Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, in whom, in whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, which is the gospel of your salvation. And whom also after that you believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. So when, when a person got saved, then they were sealed with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and the Holy Spirit moved into them. The Bible teaches us in the book of Corinthians that means that a person who got saved became the temple of God. Because God moved into them. Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 teaches us what concord hath Christ with Belial. Or he that believeth with an infidel. What fellowship hath light with darkness? God, 1 John 1, 5, God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. And so when God saves a person, he changes a person. The darkness that was in their heart, well, when Jesus Christ, the light, steps in, the darkness is dispelled. And that person is changed by the presence of God. And by the power of God and by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I've had people tell me before, well, Josh, I, I didn't have the bad life that you had before, before you got saved. And, and I didn't have that type of radical change. But I want to tell you, my friend, if you were a five-year-old kid sitting in empty, lost, dead religion on a church pew, when you got saved and the light stepped into your heart, it was just as radical of a change. I think the most miserable life, I mean, I, I'm being honest here, worse than being a crackhead, worse than being a gangbanger, worse than being a thief, I think the most miserable life is being a religious person, living by a list of rules, hearing all about God, and having nothing, to, no relationship, no idea of how to know him. It's just empty and, and dry, and that is not what God wants for you. God wants us to have fellowship with him. Yes. He said in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. An old time preacher taught me that that word sup, it means to sit down at the dinner table with God. And it means to sit there and to fellowship and to talk with him and to push back and to fellowship and to talk. And to pull back up and to feast some more. And to put, well, isn't that what you do when you go out in fellowship and you eat? Yeah. You sup with people. Well, Jesus wants to sup with us. And Jesus wants us to sup with him. And he wants us to feast in his word. 
And he wants us to fellowship with him and talk with him. Like the old songwriter said, he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I'm a, I am his own friend. It really is supposed to be a relationship of, of Jesus and me, amen, or Jesus and you. And I want to ask you tonight, do you have that? Do you have that? I know a lot of people are, are struggling with salvation. I, I know I have a lot of people who have confided in me or talked to me, and, and, and they just don't know if they're saved. They just don't know. And, and I'll be honest with you, that's a, that's a scary place to be. And the Bible said very clearly, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That means the king of the glory world, the high and holy one that inhabited eternity. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to Israel 2,000 years ago. And he was born through the womb of a virgin to save sinners from sin and hell. 1 Timothy chapter number 1, verse 15. I don't know where people got this idea that, that Jesus came to just save religious people because that's not what he said. He said in the Bible that this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus, that's the Messiah of Israel, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means I have. That means you have. If you don't believe you have, that doesn't change the truth that you have. All are sinners. The Bible said, yea, let God be true and every man a liar. But God loves you. And God loves yes. me. And he sent his son, Jesus Amen. Christ, to die on the cross to save you, to save me, to give us eternal life. If you'll look with me in 1 John chapter number 2, we're going to start reading in verse number 8. The Bible said again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. Look with me in the book of John, chapter 13. John, chapter 13, verse number 34 in verse number 35. Now, while you find your place, I, I want to just read the first part of verse 8 from 1 John 2, verse 8. He said, again, a new commandment I write unto you. Now, well, let's look there in, in John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. A new commandment I give unto you. So there was John giving to these believers, these disciples, a new commandment that he already told us in 1 John chapter 1 that he heard directly from the mouth of the Son of God. He said, we heard these things. He said, I even touched them. And we saw it with our own eyes. And so a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. As I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, 
if you have love one to another. Let's think about this. So this is a new commandment that the Lord gave to his disciples. And he said, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. Well, I'll tell you two things about love. Love is a choice. Yes, sir. You're going to make a choice to love somebody. Amen. And not only are you going to make a choice, but it's an act. It's something that you do. How, how do you know that Jesus loved you? How do I know that Jesus loved you? Well, it's not because he said he did, but he proved it. So many times I'll tell Mary, for those who don't know, one of my nicknames for Mary is Love Bug. And I'll say, hey, Love Bug, I love you. And she'll say, I know. Well, how does she know? Because I prove it to her with the way that I treat her. Just like how do you know that Jesus loves you? How do I know that Jesus loves me? Because he proved it to us by the way that he treated us. Amen. On a hillside in Israel, yes. the Messiah of heaven died for you and me. The songwriter said it well. If that isn't love, then heaven's a myth and the ocean is dry. That you love one another. So this is a choice that we have to make to love one another. And this is an act that we have to perform to love one another. Well, it says here, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever failed? Have you ever messed up? Have you ever done something wrong? You ever sinned? You ever needed God's forgiveness? You ever made a mess of things? Have you ever been the one who's completely wrong and you had to go to God and apologize? Well, how did God treat you? Well, that's how God wants me to treat you. And that's how God wants you to treat me. And that's how God wants us to treat each other. God just commanded us in the Bible to treat each other like he treats us. And then he said here, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. It's a testimony that shines and shows to the whole world. Now, Jesus cannot lie. And the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5, every word of God is pure. That word pure means the absence of contamination. And so every single word in this King James Bible is the, has the absence of contamination. And God said every word of God is pure. Every word was put there for a reason. So he said by this. So what is the this referring to? What he just said. By this shall. So what does shall mean in English? It means it's certain. It is for sure. Verily. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. That you have love one to another. And so I want to ask you a question tonight. Why do we fail at this? We come in and we sing, oh how I love Jesus. And raise our hands and shout glory. And people come to the altar and, and they live 
this life of being religious or godly, but yet they do not have love one to another. And the Son of God very, just, just very clearly told us that our love to one another is supposed to be how he treats us. Let's look now in 1 John chapter 2, verse 8. Again, a new commandment write I unto you, which thing is true in him and in you. So what he's about to teach us here in the word of God, it's true about Jesus, but it's supposed to be true about you and me. And, 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 and notice it said here, which thing is true? I want to ask you a question. Is this true about you? Because God says that if we're saved and if we're his, that this will be true about us. And, and if there's one thing that would really call a person's question, uh, or call a person's salvation into question, if they're a genuine believer, it's when they, they, they don't have love to their brother in Christ. The Bible said in Romans chapter number 5, that the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. This isn't something that I can make happen. Neither is it something that you can make happen. Like when a baby is born, and it takes that first breath, and it begins to breathe. So when the Holy Ghost moves into the heart of a sinner, they begin to love their brothers and sisters in the Lord. Love is the first fruit mentioned in the fruit of the Spirit. It's the first, the first part of the spiritual man that is birthed by the Holy Ghost. This is not something that the believer struggles with. This is not something, this is something that, that happens. It's something that happens by God's design. I didn't write it, my friend. Look with me in Romans chapter 5. Jesus wrote this. Romans chapter number 5. <clears throat> we'll start in verse number 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God and peace of God are mentioned in the Bible. There's a difference between the two. Peace with God is in reference to judgment. When you get saved, God's not angry at you anymore. The wrath and the judgment of God is not against you anymore. You say, was God angry with me? Well, the psalmist said God is angry with the wicked every day. Yes. Before you got saved, were you wicked? Yeah. Before I got saved, I was wicked. So what does that mean? God was angry with us every day. Yes. He loved us. He sent his son to die for us. But John chapter 3 tells us the judgment of God was over our head. Peace with God is, is in reference to judgment. But the peace of God is talking about that peace in your soul that makes you want to shout hallelujah. Yes. Amen. That peace in your soul that the Apostle Paul went out on the ocean and the, and the waves are rocking and everybody thought they were going to die, that he could say, no, we're going to be okay because I just heard from Jesus. The peace of God is when it fills your soul. So here we are. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So faith in the Lord Jesus Christ will give you peace with God. Amen. Verse number two, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. When people are going to heaven, when people are saved and they know about it, it's going to produce rejoicing. 
If it makes you nervous for somebody to stand up and shout hallelujah, well, that's what heaven's going to be like, my friend. That doesn't mean you have to have the personality to stand up and shout. But I'm saying it's, it's, it's written in the Bible. And it's going to be something that takes place in heaven. Verse 3, and not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So if the Holy Ghost be in me, if the Holy Ghost be in you, then we ought to have love one to another. The book of Ephesians chapter 4 tells us very clearly, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. 1 John chapter 2, verse 8. Again, a new commandment write I unto you, which thing is true in him and in you. So this is true about Jesus, but it's supposed to be true about you and me if we're saved. Because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I love those words. If any man be in Christ, if. It says, well, if it's true, if, there's a question there. If any man be in Christ, then he is presently a new creature. Old things are passed away. That's presently. All things are become new. Again, a new commandment I write unto you. Which thing is true in him and in you because the darkness is past. What darkness is that referring to? It's referring to the darkness of walking outside of the light of God. It's referring to the darkness of walking according to the world, according to ourself, according to the devil. Look with me in 1 John chapter 1, verse number 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So when a person steps into Jesus Christ, the darkness is past because in him there is no darkness at all. Look at verse number 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him, well, that fellowship, Two fellows in the same ship. So if we're in the boat with Jesus, going the same direction, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Look with me at Ephesians chapter number 2. I love how the word of God, wherever you turn, it just folds together like a glove and agrees with itself. Ephesians chapter number 2. We find here the testimony of those who have been saved, starting from verse number 1. The Bible said, And you hath he quickened, that means you've been made alive. Amen. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in time past ye walked, notice the ED at the end of walk, it's, it's, it's past. The darkness is past. Wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh 
and of the mind, who are by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But notice number four, but God. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you're saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So we see there the darkness is past. And it said this, and the true light, and the true light now shineth. And the true light now shineth. I want to ask you, is, is the true light shining in your heart? Is the true light shining through you, through me? The Bible said, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. First Peter chapter number 4, verse number 8. And above all things, that's an interesting word there. That means this is the priority. This is what is important. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. You know what the problem is? Some people, they got religion, and they got the stern, cold gruffness of a rule. But they don't have the love of God in their soul. Oh, yeah, my friend, God is holy. And part of that holiness is God's love. Part of that holiness is God's mercy. Part of that holiness is his justice. Everything about God is holy. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. My friend, would you, would you classify yourself to have fervent charity? I'm going to use Dr. Kabe as an example, my, my friend. Every time I go to shake Dr. Kabe's hand, he just goes like this and wants to give me a big hug. I love being around Dr. Kabe, amen. I believe he has fervent charity, amen. Well, God wants us to have fervent charity towards each other. 1 John chapter 2, verse 8. Again, a new commandment write I unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. As the darkness passed in your life, my friend, does the true light now shine? Has the Holy Spirit manifested that love in your heart? Have you seen yourself a sinner going to hell? Have you seen that I need God's forgiveness? And you realize that only Jesus Christ could save you. And you repented of your sin. That means 1 Thessalonians 1, 9, how that they turned to God from idols. Yep. And you turned from, from all that life of wickedness and shame, and, and you said, I'm going to go to Jesus and believe in him. Amen. And you went to him and asked him to save you. Have you been saved? And if you've been saved, has this happened in your life? Because this is the fruit of salvation. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples. 
is that you have love one to another. You know, Jesus is, according to the book of Hebrews, the author of eternal salvation. You say, well, I don't believe, I don't agree with that. Just, well, then you don't agree with the salvation that Jesus Christ has. Because he authored it. He designed it. Verse number nine. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. I mean, that's, you know what Kenny Baldwin would say? Boom shakalaka. I mean, <laughs> that's what he'd say. He, he, it's, it's, just, it's just plain. He that saith he hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. Or he that saith he is in the light and hateth his brothers in darkness even until now. You, you know what that tells us? That it doesn't matter really what you say. Yep. It doesn't matter what I say. You can tell me you're saved. You can tell me you prayed. You can tell everybody you believe. But, but the Bible said, well, well they, they say they're saved. But he said, well, they say they hate, the, but they hate their brother. They're in darkness. And it said this, even until now. That means to this very moment, to this very moment, they've not been saved. I want to ask you, is the love of God in your heart? Do you have love one to another? Is that the thing that's missing? Let's look at verse number nine and 10. He that saith he's in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness, even until now, he that loveth his brother abideth in the light. That, that word abide means to dwell. That word abideth means he continually dwells in the light. Who's the light? Jesus Christ. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. So when we have love one to another, and when we deal with love one to another, oh, some people, they get, they're religious and they get frustrated and they are ready to tear this other person apart. Let me ask you a question, friend. Is that how Jesus treats you? Because that's not how Jesus treats me. And that is not how Jesus told us to treat each other. You know what the Bible said? Charity will cover the multitude of sins. Instead of trying to tear them to pieces... Instead of hoping to see them crucified, have you reached out your heart and your hand in love and tried to help them? That's what the Bible would teach us to do. Isn't that what Jesus did for you and me when he stretched out his hand and allowed Roman guards to nail him to a cross? He that loveth his brother and abideth in the, he that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there's none occasion of stumbling in him. Notice verse number eleven. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness. So it, it's clear. Is. That's, that's presently. It doesn't say was, not will be, is. He that hateth his brother is in darkness. Amen. And walketh in darkness. So that's not only where they are, but that's how they walk. And knoweth not whither he goeth. So they're actually ignorant of the fact that they're there. He said, why are you preaching about this, brother? Just because people are ignorant of where they are. And so we need to preach the word of God. I need, I'm preaching to myself, too. 
But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he goeth because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. I've shared it before and I'll share it again. I'll never forget hearing, hearing my mom all talk about a revival that broke out at their church in the mountains of Georgia 30, 40 years ago. They come to church just like, just like this and, and there was a revival meeting and the preacher was sitting on the front pew and the guest preacher and the choir got up to sing and, and a lady got under conviction about how she'd been treating another lady in the church. And she went over to her and she said, um, I need to apologize to you. I'm sorry. And they got down and started praying together. And about that time, a man, a man saw that. And he was too coward to go get right with the guy he's got odds with until he's seen that lady step out. And God smote his heart and he stepped out to go get right with a man that he was at odds with. And for three nights, the preacher didn't even preach. The people met at the house of God and spent hours getting right with each other. I would never betray somebody's confidence. But I could say it like this. I've had people within the last weeks come to me wanting to get right with somebody and afraid to do it. I told him, I said, well, I, I told multiples this. Well, if you step out, it'll give others the courage to step out. I said, if God's working in your heart to make it right, God's probably working in their heart to make it right. My friend, this is the commandment of the Son of God. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. You want the blessing of God at Tabernacle? Then we need to treat each other like Jesus treats us. The Bible talks about in honor, preferring one another in love. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray the will of the Lord be done tonight. I didn't get to all the verses I wanted to, but you tell us plainly in the word of God, Lord, that if we're not right with each other, we can't even pray. Oh, Lord, please work in the body of Christ here at Tabernacle Baptist Church. If there's anybody at odds, I pray that you'd bring peace among them. I pray if there's any loss that you'd save them. I pray if there's any doubting that you'd help them. Oh, Lord, have mercy. We love you, Lord. May the will of the Lord be done. In Jesus' name. Let's stand and the altar's open. Kneel at the cross. Christ will meet you there. Come while he waits for you. Lest to his voice. Leave with him your care. And begin life anew. Kneel at the cross. Leave every care. Kneel at the cross. 
Jesus will meet you there. Well, God bless you. See you Sunday morning. Amen.